like it or not, we, we've evolved over a few million years to eat the food that was provided to us by the environment. And the majority of that food throughout our evolution has been animal-based foods. Welcome to Beyond Clean with Jim, a podcast that brings to you on your schedule and your environment current and relative conversations on subjects that impact you, the individuals in the cleaning industry who save lives every day. Beyond Clean with Jim is streaming to you through Podbean from their studios inside Jim Supply in Central Florida. From their six locations, Jim Supply has been improving lives with clean supplies since 1930. Check out our options today for education, product, and equipment at jimsupply.net. Check out the seven pillars of the Jim Difference. At Jim, we are not just another vendor, we are your partner. Now let's join your host, Dave Thompson, as he talks with yet another influencer in the cleaning industry here on Beyond Clean with Jim. Good afternoon, folks. This is Dave Thompson. I am your host here at Beyond Clean with Ace. This is a podcast where we talk about everything and anything in the cleaning industry. And as the name says, not just cleaning. Because you know what? We do a little bit more than clean toilet scrub windows and... Well, you know, all that good stuff. Um, If you're watching the video podcast right now, you probably see there's somebody else just waiting to talk. (laughs) Susan Birch got up early this morning. It's 8 o'clock in New Zealand for her. Um, It's not quite that time for me. Matter of fact, it's the afternoon on the previous day for me. Now, if that doesn't get you all screwed up, folks and you're listening to the podcast, you're going, what the heck has it got going on this time? Well, you know me by now. I travel the world through the internet, and this is the fun thing about a podcast. Hello, Susan Birch. Hello, Dave. It's absolutely wonderful to be here and to be talking to you again. Well, um, you know, we kind of did a little bit of a chit-chat over this uh, a little while back to make sure that we worked this out, and we kind of had to work out the time frames for both of us but yeah, we're not doing this as a live podcast today because all the time frame things. So uh, we can relax a little bit. We're not under the pressure of live, right? Right. So uh, Susan, in the world over there, is health any different than it is over here? No, it's appalling. Um, the health all around health all around the world is appalling. And, yeah, it's a real tragedy. And that's how I got into doing, you know, setting up my own podcast and speaking on other people's podcasts because, you know, just another voice in the mix, I suppose. But when coronavirus hit New Zealand, you know, it was, you know, it was very obvious when it hit the world that the biggest thing we could do to protect ourselves was to take care of our health and our nutrition and exercise and sleep and those kinds of things all play an enormous role in that. And so I just wanted to share the message and encourage people that, you know, the best thing you can do if you need to lose weight or eat a little bit better, get some good nutrients into you. You know, I, I think this is an interesting thing because, you know, we have three words here on our podcast, folks. Uh, if you've been with us before, you've heard them. If you haven't, here they are. Healthy. 
positive and proactive. You know, just here the last couple of weeks, I celebrated my second year of my second life, as they say, after heart surgery. And one of the things that the doctor said is he said, you know, he said, Dave, when you leave, just remember what brought you here is going to bring you back. You know, hereditary stuff. It's always been in my family. He said, what can you do to keep that from being quite so soon is make sure you eat healthy. Interesting. Uh, and the reason we're talking with Susan Birch this afternoon or this morning, wherever you're at, is she's the health guru um, in New Zealand. And I guess it's, you know, as we're talking here internationally, not just New Zealand anymore. Yeah, no, I, um, I work with clients in Australia, the UK, Canada and the USA. Um, and yeah, try and you know be one of those voices spreading a positive, healthy, achievable message. Um, hopefully, to inspire people, you know, to to not get to the point where you got Dave, where you you know you had a heart attack, or to help them encourage them to recover well after an event like that. Yeah, you know, it's easy to slip back into our old habits, you know. Um, and it's hard to stay true to the diet you know you should. You know, today I had a choice. When I had lunch, I chose a salad instead of a sandwich. I've cut out as much bread as I possibly can. It's not large things, is it? It's all the small little stuff. It is all the small little stuff. And, you know, one of the things that I think we don't do particularly well in the health industry is that we really you know we really focus on calories all the time so we're always focusing on how much energy you know how much energy is coming into our body and there's a real deficit of information about the quality of those calories making the nutrients for each of those calories you eat as high as you possibly can because our bodies run on nutrients. And, you know, you talked about genetics. You know, you have this genetic predisposition, you know, running through your family. Well, our genes are, in, are affected by the environment that they're in. And so how we, the food we eat are messengers that tell those genes whether to switch on or, or off and, and what to do. So I think... You know, for me, this focus on calories is always a huge problem. And it's something that has been going on for my whole life. You know, I saw my mother think, talking about calories. And as I grew up, it was all how many calories in, are in this rather than what are the nutrients in this. So, you know, I think one of the things my doctor told me is he said, you know, um, there, I asked him, I said, you know, what are the what, what's some things I shouldn't do? He said, don't eat sausage, don't eat any canned foods if you can, and I think it was stay away from bacon. And, uh, and those were his three don'ts. He said, you're already doing the right things, you're already grilling your food, and you're eating fresh stuff. He said, okay, then you can always cut out the red meat as much as you can too, but hey, uh, I can only do so much. I'm, I'm, I'm from the Midwest, I still like my beef. Well, I think that's a very old idea. 
So protein is one of the most important foods that we have in our diet. And protein is classed as a macronutrient. So you've got your carbs and your fats and your protein and then alcohol. So they're classed as macronutrients. But I class protein differently. I put protein on the nutrient side of the equation, not the energy side. And that's because it's made up of amino acids. And these amino acids are absolutely essential for our body. Two thirds of our body that's not made up of water is made up of proteins of different sorts. And these proteins run every single thing. Not only, you know, we think about our hair and our nails and our muscles being protein, but all the systems in our body are protein, our hormones, our neurotransmitters, our blood, our enzymes that drive all the chemical reactions. And our body is really a chemical factory. Oh, yes, yes. So protein is absolutely essential, and there is no evidence at all out there to show that red meat contributes to heart disease at all. In fact, you know, there is increasing amount of evidence to show the opposite. What does contribute to heart disease are those other things, those processed foods, that bread and cereals, all those things that come in packets, all those things that have got vegetable oils in them and all those names and numbers on the boxes that we can't even pronounce and don't even recognize. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. We can't, you know, I think of it interesting, as you said, you know, our body's a chemistry set. I teach this in class all the time. I'm in the cleaning industry, but yet the pH chart that I show is showing that the pH blood of your body is 7.365. And I always tell people, you know, why do you want to use a chemical that you absorb or inhale that is stronger than the pH of your blood? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, I mean, that's true. And I think environmental toxins are, are, are really important in this whole big health picture, you know, or the, you know, the um, glyphosate facade on our, you know, in our food production system, but, you know, toxins of all sorts. But our body does have really good buffering systems as well, providing they've got the nutrients for them to work. And it's when they don't have the nutrients to be able to work that we get into trouble with these with these things that we inhale and ingest or absorb well, and what you're talking about is this is a balance that you can't have too much of one thing and not enough of another. That's the the you know the chemistry set you're talking about. Oh, uh, ab yeah, absolutely. You know, and we're talking about those amino acids, and you know, there's there's 20 amino acids that we get in from our food from eating, and nine of those are considered essential, and they must come in in the right ratios and quantities. And we need our muscles, are our reservoir for amino acids. So when we're not eating, we break down the proteins in our muscle to release the, those essential amino acids into our bloodstream because we've got to have a certain level in there all the time. And so we need to eat foods that help us create, build more muscle, muscle protein synthesis. And 
one of those amino acids is called leucine. And I don't want to get too complicated, but leucine <laughs> is, the is the triggering amino acid. So if we're eating foods that don't have enough leucine in them, so if you're eating proteins that don't have enough leucine, you might as well not eat it because it's not doing anything. It can't okay, work. So, so, what would that, so what would one of those be, Susan? One of those proteins without enough leucine. Yeah, that you're saying that it would be useless to eat because it wouldn't have enough. What what would that be? Well, if you look at things like, you know, a lot of the plant-based proteins. So if you look at quinoa, for example, which is a source of all the essential amino acids, but it's very low in leucine. So you'd have to eat 900 grams of quinoa at every meal in order to get enough leucine to make those amino acids work properly. And that's at, you know, 1,100 calories. So, you know, it's not really feasible. But even, even good quality proteins like eggs, for example, if you, if you only had eggs in a meal, you'd have to eat four eggs to be able to get adequate protein, to get enough leucine and adequate protein to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. And well, I'll tell I, you, I tell you, you hit one of the ones I really like. I like my eggs, man. I, I really, I, I like my eggs. I have always liked my eggs. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a big milk drinker. I love, I love eggs. And, uh, but you know, whenever he told me sausage and bacon, I couldn't have. I couldn't understand really why. Any idea? Uh, probably because of the nitrates in them, and they are very processed foods. And yeah, your processing yeah, and your doctor's probably worrying about the sodium and things like that. I think if you're getting really good quality sausages, so they're not full of preservatives and, you know, lots of sausages only have, you know, 20% meat and the rest of it's just filled up with other stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's filler anyway to make it look good, huh? Yeah. But well, if you're I, I think that's the thing is, is it's all right. Sorry. I do have it every once in a while, but uh, I do it in very moderation compared to what I yeah. did before. And I think yeah. that's the balance you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's about getting that balance. But, you know, talking about the balance, you know, and going back to the coronavirus, you know, we've been hearing a lot about taking zinc supplements and vitamin D supplements, okay? But they're ignoring the fact that zinc and copper work together and that if you have too much zinc, you block your ability to absorb copper and copper is an absolutely vital, essential um, micronutrient that we need and copper helps us transport iron around our blood and um, produce energy so that our cells can work. And vitamin D and vitamin A compete for the same receptor. So they're like out there having a boxing match all the time. And, and so we need them in the right quantities. And, you know, just to be told, oh, go and take some zinc supplements and some vitamin D supplements really upsets, you know, this unique balance in our body. Yeah, and how, do, how does somebody really know if those are balanced if all that they're doing is just hearing somebody on a podcast like this say it, so they go out and get it, start taking it, and then, I mean, are they potentially doing harm to themselves or are they just losing yeah. the money? Yeah, they are actually. Um, there's, you know, quite a lot of harm can be done 
taking supplements that aren't in the right form and for the wrong reasons. So I really advocate wherever possible we want to get these nutrients from our food as much as we possibly can, bearing in mind that the food system isn't all that perfect and, you know, our soils aren't necessarily that great. But with my clients, what I do is I do micronutrient testing. So I do blood testing of a whole lot of markers so we can have a look. We can see from the blood test whether they're getting enough protein whether they're absorbing it and digesting it. Uh, we look at all their, you know, glucose and insulin and triglycerides, so we can see whether they've got um, metabolic dysfunction happening, which is going to contribute to things like heart disease or cancers or Alzheimer's disease and many other diseases. And then we do micronutrient testing, and you have a wonderful company in the US um, called Spectracell, and they do a fabulous micronutrient profile. So for my US clients, I use that. And so that gives us a breakdown of, you know, 32 of these nutrients and the ranges in the body, but the balance between each other as well. And then we can tweak um, diets and supplements to, to help balance that out. You must have started all of this when you were a wee one in, in school thinking about all of this stuff. If you're, if you're this good at it now, you must have been, you, you must have been a little, little girl before when you started all this. Uh, I wasn't a very good student, I'm afraid. I didn't start, I didn't really learn to, um, I didn't really get an education until I was in my, in my 20s. I, I was a very poor student and didn't, didn't read or write particularly well and something well, must have happened along the way then Susan yeah I had some kids and I had a little bit of a think about you know what kind of life I wanted for my kids and what I wanted what I wanted the future to be and I thought I better pull my finger out and um, go and you know take some action and, and do something about it. Oh, so you became a good student all of a sudden, huh? Yeah, so I became a very good student and found my niche when I started studying exercise physiology. I just loved how the body all went together and worked. And I loved that it worked about health. It wasn't about disease and sickness. I'm not very good with disease and sickness. But this was like, oh, this is so amazing. This is about being healthy and then of course the nutrition stuff followed along and then you know the biochemistry is the next bit and and so it goes well you know uh, you raised uh, uh, some family and I, I saw some pictures of you and two dogs and some scenery behind uh, oh. you still live in the country too yes I do so I live in a beautiful little town in the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand and we've got about 6,000 residents here, and it's absolutely it's spectacular scenery. We've got a little, we've got the Tarawera River runs through the town, and it has a it has a nice little whitewater kayaking course on it, so I can scoop down to the river and have a paddle. Um, we've got a nice local mountain bike park and plenty of places to go tramping. So I've got my two big, beautiful Rhodesian Ridgeback boys and we spend a lot of time out there in nature so um 
family's all gone and everybody uh, all by yourself now with the dog? Yeah, so I live on my own with my dogs. Um, I've got four kids and I have got number seven grandchild on the Ooh. way. So, wow. yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. My kids are all in good you know, stable relationships and doing really well. And they live about an hour away from me. So it's... Uh, so so you're, you're only alone for a little bit of time with that many grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love hanging out with them. They're, they're lots of fun. There's, there's nothing more fun than spending an afternoon building Lego on the, on the, on the floor with the grandkids, you know, or going for a bike ride or something with them. I suppose everybody's in good health now with grandma there. And, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's I'll, bet, I'll bet the dinners at home are a little different than maybe the traditional ones that might be had. Oh, I think they live pretty normal lives like most people. And you know what most of us are like? We never really listen to the person closest to us, do we? We. You know? <laughs> you, mean, you mean they tune you out some of the time? But, uh, yeah, I think they do tune me out some of the time. Um, I think the general principles are really good. And then, you know, and then it's good to have some fun with food as well. And I, you know, I eat really well, you know, I'm very conscious of all my, my, my nutrient intake. But I enjoy a delicious dessert when I stay with the family, you know, when I visit the family for dinner or, you know, have a nice cream with the grandkids. I mean, it, you want your body to be resilient enough to be able to handle that stuff, not not um, destroy it every time you do it. Well, it's it's not like you're eating cookies and ice cream and cake every night. Exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it, it's like I I I never thought of myself as somebody that would eat yogurt as a dessert. Right, but. You know, uh, after you go through something like that, you have a tendency to go, you know, there's just a few things I need to do. And yep. uh, now that and some grapes are my dessert. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Or throw some berries on there or, yeah, those, those are really good options. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think those are the small little things. And I think it's just like, you know, whenever I'm in the world of cleaning, I tell people, you know, you don't have to make big drastic changes uh, you have to make the small ones first. And then, of course, you know, in the, in the way of health, my bigger drastic change is getting myself motivated to go out for an hour on the bicycle path. Some mornings, that's just difficult. Yeah, and that's, that's another interesting dilemma that, you know, most of us face. And I've been, I've been exercising my whole life. I followed my dad around the bush. I grew up in very rural New Zealand, so my dad was a keen hunter and I followed him around the bush from the time I was <laughs> knee high to a grasshopper <laughs> and you know absolutely loved it and, and and still really enjoy it where was I going with this oh um about the the struggles of it and I've been lifting weights since I was in my 20s and I really do understand though how hard it is to do you know i it's like I need to go and do my workout. And you just have this resistance sometimes. I always I always say I don't like telling myself, you know, I don't like being told what to do and I, I don't even like telling myself what to do. <laughs> but, you know, if you just 
put those shoes on and make a start. And even if you just say, I'm only going to do a little bit, and I encourage my clients, like put your shoes on and walk out the door and walk back in, create a habit. You want a tiny habit and celebrate when you do it. You know, whoa, way to go. Good work. Um, I think you know, what you usually find out, Susan, when you do that, you find out that once you get moving and once you go, then you go, well, you know what? I can do a little bit more. I mean, I find that with a bicycle ride. I go, yeah. oh, man, I don't know. It's, it's really tough this morning getting out and my breathing's hard because I have COPD. Yeah. And after about the first 10 minutes, I go, well, you know what? I don't feel so bad. Maybe let, let, let's try to go a little further. And then before yeah. I know it, I've already went the 10 miles. And okay, well, I guess that was easier than I thought. Yeah, I know. I know. It is getting started and it's it's like anything. I think really small steps though is the way to get started. And you know, I often just set myself what you're talking about, little milestones, you know. Okay, well I'm going to all right, well, I'm gonna to get to this point. you know, and then I'll see how I feel and then I'll make a decision about whether I do go further, but at least I've got to that point. And I think really setting up those tiny, tiny little milestones is important because we've got to rewire our brain circuitry so that, you know, we sort of have the, you know, the lizard brain or the red wolf or black wolf or whatever they are, you know, um, jumping and telling us stories that aren't necessarily true. And so it's a matter of rewiring that circuitry. Do you find that's the hardest part for most people and and yeah. you know that you're yeah. that you're working with and consulting with? Yeah. People start off really motivated, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they come, they're excited, they're on a new program and they want all the changes to happen at once. <laughs> and then after after a few months you know, they start looking around, oh, I'm bored with that, I want to do something different. And that's where that's where I think education comes in quite a bit as well. And not everyone, you know, is up to and wants lectures on <laughs> on biochemistry, but it's where I try and teach people about the quality of the food they're eating so they can make choices. Because people come and they go, oh, just give me a diet, give me some recipes. And, you know, after, you know, more than 30 years in this business, that doesn't work. You know, I used to get calls from, oh, I don't like cauliflower, can I have broccoli instead? I used to get calls from the supermarket, you know, they're buying to a recipe I've given them. Can I eat broccoli instead, you know? And you're like, what on earth? You know, I, I mean, one lady, I said to her, what, do you want me to eat it for, you know, eat it for you as well? Because... Um, and I say to people, well, how would you normally cook your carrots? <laughs> so, so we, we don't really, we don't really, you know, there's recipe books and out there galore. What we really need to know is the principles of what we should be eating. And then there's all this food out there and we can go and choose, make our own choices and decisions about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think, uh, and you said carrots, and I think this is interesting because I was just reading this the other day, and I didn't have any idea. Do you know what the original color of carrots was? It was really pale, pale yellow, I think, almost no. white. Oh, no. it wasn't. 
Yeah. The original color of carrots was purple. Oh, was it? Oh, that's, hey, that's really interesting, you know, because that all has to do with copper. So. I, I had no idea. Yeah, I am like I'm like I love carrots, yellow carrots, and I saw I saw these carrots were purple and white, and I go, yeah, that's the original color. Carrots were never really orange; they oh. were a hybrid, and people liked the orange, and there was some other stuff to do it. And I'm like, and here I've been thinking those purple carrots I see are the the strange ones, and they're actually the, I guess the, the natural, the true ones. Yeah. Because, you know, originally things like our carrots and our corn were very small, you know, quite different, not as sweet. You know, our, our fruits and vegetables were very different nature than they are today. And we've adapted them and modified them and made them tastier and sweeter. And, yeah. And I think, I think that's where the orange came in. But I, I think, um, yeah, yeah, so I think it's not, is it as much those different things or is it the way we cook everything out of them i mean you know um I, I think when i was talking with the nutritionist and everything she was talking about the fact if you put it on the grill and you just grill it till it's soft and then you eat it you're getting more of the nutrients out of it than if you go in and boil it and all this stuff i i, I kind of i'm like okay that's a, that's a really good interesting question and Yes and no to that question because particularly plant foods have a lot of anti-nutrients in them. So they have a lot of, you know, phytates and oxalates and and foods that actually disrupt our digestive system and prevent us from being able to absorb the nutrients. And some people who have excessively high amounts of those foods actually end up with, you know, real bad digestive issues and and you know, an upset gut microbiome, and then, of course, that affects the rest of our health. So, you know, there's a tendency, there's been a, a, a trend towards, you know, raw food diets and things like that, and, you know, they become quite problematic over time for people because of the anti-nutrients that are in the food. So some foods are better off being cooked or lightly cooked. The interesting thing with... A lot of the plant foods is the nutrients in plant foods are very different from the nutrients in animal foods. So, you know, if we were talking about carrots and we think about vitamin A and everyone says, oh, eat your carrots, you know, it's good for your eyesight. But the kind of vitamin A that we need is called retinol and animal foods produce retinol, whereas plant foods produce a whole range of carotenes and beta carotene. So you've got sort of a 12 to 1 conversion rate. So you've got to eat a kilogram of carrots, you know, at every meal to get your retinol. And, and that's Okay, so, uh, so, so I'll have to go home and tell my wife I love my carrots, but I'm not eating enough of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's where we need to go back and look at, you know, and like it or not, we, we've evolved over a few million years to eat the food that was provided to us by the environment. And the majority of that food throughout our evolution has been animal-based foods. So our biochemistry has evolved to require the nutrients that come from 
those animal-based foods. And plant foods are definitely a great supplement to those foods. We do get, you know, we get phytochemicals and we get, you know, lots of other things from plant foods and we get changes in flavour and, you know, they bulk up a meal and they're tasty. But really our we're designed to consume animal foods. And, you know, that's why it's hard to believe that eating meat that we've done for, you know, you know, many hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years, would suddenly cause heart attacks. Yeah, I, I'm like, I think this is all, it's all well and good discussion to have. I, I think about when you were saying a minute ago about people that, uh, get on a, on a program and stuff, they get excited and they kind of wean away from it. I have the same experience here at the academy. Yeah. They come to class, they learn something, they go, and you see the light bulb go off, they go, oh, I got to go do something. And, you know, I give them a call a couple of weeks later, well, have you done that? Well, you know, we ran into this problem, we got doing that. And, and I yeah. said, well, so what were the little things? Well, we didn't get to that. I'm like, you know, so much of the time, it, it they're all excited now, but the real world takes over and it's back to the old habits. It's hard to change that mindset and push forward. And I think you're right, Susan. People look for that big thing that's going to make a big difference, and it's a balance of all of it. Yeah, well, it's about... I really believe it's about breaking it down into the smallest step that you possibly can take action on right now. And I encourage my clients not to think about a big, unforeseeable future, but just think on about the next meal. What am I going to eat for the next meal? What, what's, what's this meal going to have in it? This is all I need to worry about and control right now in my life. I don't need to worry about tomorrow and the next day and just focus on that one meal um, so I call that you know what's important now and we all get into situations where we can't do what we intended or planned to do and one of the tendencies we have as humans is when we miss we keep on missing we go oh well that's it stuff my diet I might as well just finish the block of chocolate look I do it myself it's human nature um, I'll start again on Monday, you know, and it's and it's always Monday, and you know, and that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, because so, you blew it on one Monday doesn't mean the whole week shot. You need to get right well, back. And well, one of the analogies I use with my clients is imagine that you couldn't have a you missed your shower today, right? And you go, damn it, that's it, bugger! I can't have another shower until next Monday, you know. <laughs> It's a good thing you live by yourself, Susan. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we just wouldn't do it, would we? We wait, you know, you can't wait to get into the shower and you rock up at the first opportunity. So it's the same with our food. You know, why are we not rocking up at the next opportunity to eat really well? And so I call that don't miss twice, you know. By all means, you know, things go wrong. You go out, you blow the, the dietary budget but don't miss twice. Next time you just get back on that wagon. You know, I, is there, is there, I mean, you know, people listening to the podcast or watching us uh, here today, there, there usually isn't this one little, Oh, here's the trick that you can do. That'll help balance your life with health. Uh, 
because it's pretty specific to each and every person, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our health is a bit like our fingerprint, you know. It's, you know, it's unique. So we all have, we all have similarities, of course. And it's probably the same in the cleaning industry. I imagine, you know, you have the same principles with cleaning, mm -hmm. but each building, each um, situation is slightly different. So you have to adapt. And it's the same with our health. So that's why I think it's really important to get to know your body, figure out what works for your body and don't necessarily be influenced by, you know, what everyone else does. And, you know, we often go, oh, they can eat that. It's not fair. Why can't I eat it? But, you know, you're just not made that way. Look, you know, I've got heart disease and diabetes rife through my family. And I know, you know, from my study and, and, and from testing that, you know, I've got the genetics for Alzheimer's disease. I've got the genetics genetics for type 2 diabetes and the genetics for, for heart disease. Um, so I can make a decision that I'm going to do something preemptively and do my best to prevent those things happening. Sometimes I do wonder whether how well the Alzheimer's thing's working. <laughs> Sometimes you do better than others, right? Exactly. But, you know, it's it's you know we have a personal choice and a, and a and a personal responsibility and you know and a decision and if people choose not to make those decisions well you know i respect that i respect that it's their body and their choice but if i can encourage them to make those changes and those decisions then then i think they are well worth you know well worth doing there's so much of what you're talking about that is parallel to what I have here at the, at the academy. You know, um, we, we talk about cleaning and I, I've got a, a customer that wants me to go out and look at a floor and give him some advice. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, so what I'm going to tell you, I don't know that you have all the tools to do the necessary jobs to do it the way that I would do it. I can give you my advice, but I don't know that it's, what's right for you. And I tell them in class, I'm not here to tell you the right or wrong way. I'm here to give you choices. You're the one that has to take and put these things into the mix and then decide whether it's right for you. You pick and choose. It's not for me to tell you which one. And I think what you're saying and what my doctor said was do what you know is right. And if you don't know, find out, ask questions. Uh, you know, it's, we just have a tendency to go and get what we think tastes good and forget yeah. about the rest of it. And that's usually, I would say, probably not the right way. Yeah. The, and, you know, remember that those food companies go to a lot of trouble and they spend billions of dollars on creating products that make us want to eat them. You know, it's just the right. They just... <laughs> just the right amount of salt and fat and carbs and flavor and you start you know and i know myself you know you start and you're like god and it just drives you to have another one you know because they that they're using science and and the science of our brain and the science of the way our body is wired to create a demand for their products so you know and we went we, we went to a smaller plate 
know, we got rid of the larger oh, plates yeah. yep. and went it's to a smaller right. plate. Yeah. And still, and even if after that, my wife still, because she's in the restaurant business, so food is her right. life. Yeah. And, she, you know, I, I eat what's on that one plate. She goes, well, there's more here. Do you want some? And I go, no, that's why we got the smaller plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, but it, it is. It's, it's that. And I think that's where, just like in the cleaning business, somebody says, well, why aren't we using that rotary floor machine? Just because we've used it for the last 150 years doesn't mean it's the right thing to do today. Yeah. Yeah. And, you I, know? and I think, you know, last time we were talking about things like cleaning windows, you know, um, and you were giving, you know, you were, you were giving me some, some pointers about, you know, getting your windows really clean and shiny. And I think for me that equates to things like using vegetable oils in your diet and, if you can do, if you can get rid of all those vegetable oils, all those canola oils and sunflower oils and safflower oils, you're going to do your health an enormous benefit. And I think that that's one of those small steps that you can take. Have a look on the back of your food packets and have a look in the fine print and see what kind of oil is in there. And if it's full of those seed oils, get rid of it. They're absolutely toxic. To our body. So what, so what oil should I be using? So you want to be using butter or lard for cooking or coconut oil. And then for salads and on vegetables, you want to be using olive oil. Well, I, hey, we're doing something right. We use olive oil for almost everything. Yeah, so you just got to be careful cooking in olive oil because you don't well, want to heat well, We use peanut oil for that. Yep, so I'd get rid of the peanut oil and I'd go to butter or lard. <laughs> I, I said I'm doing some of the things right, Susan. I didn't say I did everything right. I'm just like everybody else, right? Yeah, but but we don't know because the marketing out there is so so huge and so enormous. And the New Zealand Heart Foundation tells you to use those vegetable oils rather than the animal fats. And the reason is because it makes your cholesterol look better. But that's not the whole story. That, that's you know, only that, one part of it. That's only one that's only one part of it. And it's like maybe spraying something on, on, on your table to make it look really shiny that's gonna actually damage the tabletop. Uh, yeah, when you say that, it's like, yeah, you know, this this floor job I've got. You know, these people have got this luxury vinyl plank floor and their boss has wanted them to make it shiny. So what yeah. they've done is year over year, the custodians have laid several coats of regular floor finish that goes on VCT. Well, now they have a problem. It scratches so very easily. It's so thick. They're trying to figure out how to take care of it. And I said, well, the first thing is, is we can get rid of it, but then you have to change your mindset because why do you want to go back and do what already got you in trouble in the first place? Yeah. So before we go through all of this, let's make sure that we know what we're going to do going forward or yeah. why waste our time. So it's kind of like these people with diets. You know, if you're not willing to make the change long term, it's yeah. You know, don't go. Don't go through the effort to to, to start because it's just not going to get there. Yeah, I think 
You know, I think the problem with diets is all diets out there are based on calories. So no matter what they tell you, that they're all based on finding some way of restricting the amount of calories that come in, right? And so everybody has success in the beginning, you know, so all diets out there reduce processed foods, you know, there aren't any, you know, come on my processed food diet, they will get rid of all that processed junk and you stop eating that and, and so that is a calorie restriction, it lowers your insulin, it lowers your blood sugar, as soon as you stop taking in carbs, you you lose a lot of body fluid, water, and so you start so you lose some weight. But you have some dramatic weight loss, and then often it, it evens out, and then sometimes it drops, and then sometimes you even regain weight, and you haven't done anything very different. And people get frustrated, and I understand that. And the reason is because of this focus on calories i'm going to eat less i'm going to have fewer calories we look at the back of the packet oh yep i can eat this because it hasn't got as many calories as that but we're not you know coming right back to the start of our conversation we're not looking at the nutrients that are in those foods because we need those nutrients to drive our weight loss to create energy because when we feel well and we're healthy, every cell in our body is creating the energy that it needs for that cell to do its to do its work. And when we're not healthy, we have low energy. Our cells are not creating the energy we need for those cells to do work. And, you know, the numbers are phenomenal. 37.2 trillion cells in our body and every one of them is carrying out about 10 billion chemical reactions every second you can't even you can't even comprehend it no no i, I think what's interesting what you're saying here is you know, it's a, a very complex machine with a yep. very big chemistry set with a lot of things that influence it it's not something that you can decide in a short time it is a lifelong journey and uh, you you have been there to help a lot of people. How long have you been running the you know the consulting business now? And I don't think I ever caught that. Ah, uh, so I I started back in my twenties. So I started so I started with the exercise, and lived in a little place called Rurifukaidu and set up a gym in my friend's garage, and we had local. The local farming community used to come, and so so she charged ten dollars a month, and we bought all this bit of exercise equipment, and so that's why I, I got my teeth into writing exercise programs, and then you know I continued my study, and I studied musculoskeletal medicine and musculoskeletal rehabilitations, and I moved my business into Rotorua, which is a a, a local city and had had a business there for many 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 years and then added on to that the nutritional consultancy and all through that process i've continued my study so functional medicine nutritional biochemistry um, which i'm which i'm still doing and then i sold the gym business back in 2017 and moved to 
um, Kaurau and sort of went online with the nutrition consultancy business. So, so I've been doing it my whole life, just about, my whole adult life. And I have a feeling you're going to be doing it for a while longer. Yeah, I'm really passionate about it. I'm learning new things every day. Um, I'm getting a better understanding of it and working really hard on finding new ways of communicating the message, being able to help people and support people and their change because, you know, the health, our health system cannot tolerate the poor health that we're seeing, um, you know, the US, you know, all the Western countries, New Zealand, it's absolutely appalling. And our children, we had our first first type 2 diabetic child in 1998 and now we're increasing you know at a rate of five to seven percent per year of type 2 diabetes in children under the age of 15 and it, it just breaks my heart you know it's so much potential is lost through these diseases yeah one of the, my colleagues uh, and I know we're on the business side of the cleaning on this side of it, but yeah, he says he's got a number of different things, but basically that if we're proactive in our cleaning, we can prevent more health issues than a room full of doctors can cure. And yeah. I, I, I like it very well because what you and I do is both protecting the health of the people now you through clean it, you, you through uh, food, me through keeping it healthy in the environment uh, yeah. during COVID, during pandemics, during, and we've got monkeypox now on our doorstep knocking very loudly. And there's others that are out there. And by the way, folks, even though you think COVID may go away, it won't. Ebola didn't go away. Uh, there's all these that have not went away. We'll all be dealing with them for the rest of our lives. If you want to get hold of Susan Birch, her name, number, her website has been strolling across the uh, video today while we recorded this. If you're listening to it, we will have her uh, contact information in the show notes. Even though she's in New Zealand, as you can see, she reaches out through the Internet. Susan, I got to ask a question though before I go. You were not, were you born in, in New Zealand or another country? No, I was born in New Zealand. Yep. I, my, my parents lived in a tiny, tiny little milling town on a, on a um, you know, middle road. And my dad was in the sawmilling industry. And when him and mum got married, he lived, he lived in the single men's camp. And so they had, they had, you know, one little kind of bedroom units and, and the, the boss put two units together and made a double unit for them. And so, <laughs> so that's where I was born and and I was raised, yeah, very in very rural New Zealand. We um, In Ruatahuna, where we were brought up, we had a local generator for the village, but that, that went on in the morning so the men could have a cup of tea for breakfast at breakfast time and it came on at dinner time and then it got turned off throughout the day. So we had coal ranges and, you know, chopping the wood and heating our water, heating our water in the, 
you know, through the wet back and the copper for doing the washing and yeah. Oh, we have some stories we could share, Susan. Really, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. I happened to live. I happened to live for a while. Uh, of course, I didn't know it at the time, but I found out later in a an original Nebraska land rush home. So, uh -huh. and and I found out that two women actually uh, rushed the land and built the cottage there because their husbands both got killed on the journey. And wow. when my stepbrother and I went back to look at it as it was falling apart, we actually found the trees that were the corner post of the, of the homestead. So yeah, we have some stories we can share. Yeah. Great, great, great history. Isn't there, you know? Um, so history is a part of who, you know, where we come from and what we've done. I've got another question for you though, Susan. What's on your personal bucket list for this year? Something you want to accomplish for you yourself? Oh, for me personally? Yeah. Um, what I would really like to accomplish this year is to do a motu paddle with my son. So it's a, it'll be a four-day trip, grade three to four river. Uh, we'll camp out and, yeah, paddle the white water and hang out with Cameron and have a great time. Mm. So, wow. that, so that's on my bucket list for this year. For yet this year? Yeah. To, so so we're trying, we're, we're looking, I'm hoping that we can try and do it um, when the weather gets a bit warmer. And, um, but while we've still got some decent, decent flows in the river. Mm. That's interesting. You know, you never know until you ask these questions where, and, and there's two reasons, folks, that I ask these questions. And, and I'll get to that here in a minute. But before I do, please go to beyondcleanwithace.com. You'll find all of these podcasts. Uh, we've been doing this for six seasons now. I think on our Beyond, uh, on our uh, Podbean app, we are actually at about 8,000 downloads. So we'd like to thank everybody that has been downloading all of our episodes. Uh, we usually run about uh, 50 or 60 of these a year. We're already at about 45 for this year. Thank you, Susan. You're 45 today. Um, so, you know, the, you know, like those, share those so that other people can learn. Please go to the academyofcleaning.com. Um, we've got like 300 YouTube videos out there on all kinds of things, cleaning and these podcasts as well. So please like and share there. And yes, we're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn. You've got it all over the social network. And if that isn't enough, we started a new program last month, Talking Clean in a Dirty World. Four guys get together and discuss the latest topics of what's going on. It's going to be interesting when you get four guys that have opinions and some of them don't agree with each other. Oh, I love it. It's great. And I've been listening to a few of your podcasts, Dave, and yeah, I highly recommend them. So I hope anyone that's that's tuned in will go and take a listen. And I'm learning lots about cleaning which <laughs> at my age. <laughs> I should have been so is there any final words that you'd like to uh, give the audience before we part ways this morning for you? Uh, I think well, thanks, everybody, for listening and tuning in, and thanks for the opportunity to talk to um, everyone, Dave. And my final words would just be, 
we only have one body. We can't go and trade it in like we can trade in our car or buy a new lounge suite. And, it, you know, I really believe that we deserve to take care of it the best way we possibly can. And that would be my final, yeah, that would be my final thought. Just, you know, treat your body the way that it actually deserves to be treated. I couldn't agree with you more. Folks, there's a reason I asked the questions of Susan. We now know where she was born and where she started. We don't know where she's going to end life because it isn't there yet. But what we ask everybody to do is make sure that that journey that you're on right now is healthy, positive, and proactive. Till we talk again, we'll see you on the airwaves. <laughs>